Welcome back, everybody. Jiu-Jitsu Motivation Podcast. My name is Greg Melita, Black Belt Second Degree, owner of Hamptons Jiu-Jitsu. And I am Brian DeLuca, Black Belt and author of Jiu-Jitsu for Small People and Other Weird Shit I Think About. <laughs> you think about a lot of weird shit, Brian. I, I do think about a lot of weird <laughs> shit. And you got to see the next book. It's horrible. All right. So today, <laughs> today we got Amanda Levy with us today, uh, just coming off an amazing performance at uh, WNO and uh, really excited to have her on. So Amanda, thanks for coming on today. Uh, thank you guys for making time and having me. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's start with that. I mean, taking taking the grappling world by storm there, uh, beating Gabby Garcia at the last WNO event. I mean, you know, even on your on your social media, it was just amazing to see. You know, not not only the the, the, the grid and like just the, the mental aspect, like just going in there and, and just doing what you got to do. I mean, can you just tell us a little bit about the just the experience of it all? Uh, no, no, I just want to start with that was probably one of the most exciting fights of 2021. 100% <laughs> hands down. <laughs> I hope Definitely. someone said uh, there was like an article that said upset of the year. I think Flo put it out. I'm like, damn right. Damn right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was just like a cool experience because that who's number one championship, they had so much money on the line for everybody. Like, it was just really cool. They made everything super professional. Um, even like the day before, like revealing the bracket and having everyone at the table to talk and stuff was super cool to be a part of. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, just the overall experience was was freaking awesome. And, uh, after my Gabby win, it was so hard to like mentally come back from winning that like I, afterwards i'm like ah, i feel like i kind of just won the whole thing do i have to <laughs> compete again um but like it was really hard to like recover physically and then mentally it was also hard to recover um but i mean hafael is a beast and uh, i did fairly well against her for not wanting to really compete after the the gabby match so i'm really happy with the the turnout of my other matches but um like i said it was just a great great freaking experience yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that on the show a lot. Like I, I, when I was at the last ADCC live, I mean, Lachlan Giles was just, it stands out in my mind as the, and he didn't even win the event. Like that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to, to get a, be exciting and a, having a, a memorable uh, experience. I mean, you, you don't have to win the event. You got to be exciting in this day and age, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And it was like pretty cool too. Like I blew up on Instagram and then I'm like scrolling on my feed and I'm like, oh, look, it's me. Oh, look, it's me again. <laughs> I was like, like that, anyone who grapples, right? That match brings like pure joy to your heart when you watch it. I swear. <laughs> like I was yeah. like, like I get so happy watching that match. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool how many people like uh, reached out and like continuously messaged me. And, like I just watched your match like five times today, and I still can't get over it. And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> I watched it a couple times too. <laughs> and then that one post on on Instagram you put up. Now was that your that was your dad that sent you a text before the match? He's like, you're gonna shock the world. Is that what it was? Yeah. So um, uh, my dad is like, well, he got me into jujitsu to start. And um, my dad is one of those dads that like people talk about that are like, oh, my God, they're so hard on their kid. Like, I couldn't imagine being that hard on my kid. That was my dad. My dad was that per that dad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it made me a way better athlete, I believe, and way more mentally tough than mostly everyone I know. Um, so I'm like thankful for that. And his like belief in me is like beyond compare. So uh, I was even leading up to this, I kind of had a feeling that I was going to be ga fight Gabby first. And I would just be like, make comments like, oh, well, I'm going to get Gabby first. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how that goes. My dad's like, stop talking like that. 
He's like, you can beat her. I don't know why, why you keep talking like that. And um, <clears throat> then like the day before the, when I called her out at the press conference, um, I wasn't even going to say anything. Cause I'm not like a really controversial per- person at all. And uh, I was, I was just so annoyed that she didn't weigh in <laughs> and they recorded <laughs> all of our weights. I'm like, what is this bull crap? I'm like, why do I have to step on the scale? She's not stepping on the scale. And um, then she walked in like so arrogantly afterwards to like sit down at the press conference table. But when I saw her walk in, um, like to my boyfriend and my coach, I'm like, this is freaking annoying. I'm like, I'm about to say something. And my my boyfriend's like, wait till the press conference. And I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't going to say anything. Then I called my dad and I'm like, yeah, can you believe Gabby don't weigh in? He's like, say it at the press conference. Freaking say it. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, all right. I'm going to say it at the press conference. <laughs> so um like i said it was just super cool that they revealed the bracket in front of us and the way they did it was was pretty neat um so yeah so then the next morning i was like super nervous and literally maybe like i think that was like 10 or 15 minutes before i even went on he texted me you're gonna shock the world uh yeah i was like that was pretty cool (laughs) cool setup oh yeah did they ever give an answer why i know her answer was like it's in my contract or you don't know my contract." yeah how how did the dialogue go what was the dialogue again at the conference like there was a little back and forth wasn't it yeah she was wearing a shirt that said don't be a pussy Hmm. Um, and uh she basically she said that to me too i think anna carolina was even like you don't be the pussy you step on the scale let's see your weight don't be a pussy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it was just me. I just said, no, I really was excited to fight Gabby because I would love, I was really excited to see how, how I could do against her when I've seen like Kendall Rusin go against her, Elizabeth Clay go against her. So I'm like, okay, if they can handle their own, like I could definitely handle my own. I want to see how I can do against her. So I said, I was excited to go against her. I, I was not even disrespectful. She, she was online the next day, like calling me disrespectful and all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't say anything to you. All I said was, I just want to know why you you didn't weigh in and we had to weigh in. But they never gave me an answer. But the answer was that it was not in her contract. There was no nothing in her contract that said that. Um, and she just, I guess, was using that as the excuse. But she just made her look, herself look so terrible, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. I think you could tell she was super caught up and didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget what they exactly what they posted, but I mean, I think Flo posted, you know, literally that that kind of back and forth exchange, and that started. I think that, I mean, that was it. That was a good call because, like, that's that I think attracted people to watch the match too. It was like, yo, man, like, you know, why wouldn't she step on the scale? And that was kind of a shitty move. And let, let's see what goes down now, you know. And then on top of that. You know, to do what you did in in that fashion, it just made it that much much better. You know. Yeah. So um, it was funny too because my sister, I guess, saw the post that they posted um, about me like stirring the pot kind of deal, and uh, my sister's telling my mom because they're back in Philadelphia, and my sister's like, uh, I think Amanda is like starting something over <laughs> at like the. <laughs> And my mom's like, my Amanda, our Amanda is starting something because I am so easygoing. I do not rock the boat ever. <laughs> and so they, my mom was even shocked. She's like, our Amanda, are you sure? Are you sure not? You're not getting this wrong. <laughs> I have to say, watching that fight, you looked so small in comparison to her. Like, you watched that fight, and it was just like, you know, it was crazy. I say that to everyone. I said, because I'm not a small girl, like, to begin with. Like, I walk around at 155 to 160. I guess where my weight fluctuates. And she made me look like I was, like, 110 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to bet she was 100 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, because I'm looking at the size difference, and I'm like, wow. You know, like, 
It's yeah, crazy. I mean, you know, us us being small small jujitsu guys, Brian. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. you know five six one one sixty. You know what I mean? But then yeah. when you see Amanda out there fighting with Gabby, and you're like, holy shit! You know, like yeah, yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm about the same size as Greg. You know, I'm about one sixty five, right? And you know, and it's like I was just looking at her. I'm like, oh my god, she looks so big in comparison. But when you took her back that first time and put that choke in, mm. <laughs> that rear naked choke. Yeah, I was just like rooting. I was like screaming. Actually, yeah. as I'm watching it. Because we're like, how, how many times have you seen Gabby? You know what I mean? Like just over the years, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, it's just gonna be a grind out. You know, it's just gonna be, you know, just smashing the opponent. Not a lot of action. You know. So like, what was the? Did you go in? You know, like specifically leading up to it, did you just take your game and you just it was a mental thing and you just said, "Fuck this, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go in and 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 do it." Or did you specifically train for her and her style and weight? Um, so that night after the press conference, we went to um, the gym just to go over a couple moves that I was going to uh, implement in the match. And um, I have to give Jay Ruggleboudo, he was like commentating for who's number one, uh, but he was also coaching me. I have to give him so much credit because he really did like give me a lot of the moves that I did that 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 um that match. So he was like, all we need to do is expose her back for three seconds and what did i do exposed her back for literally three seconds and i was on it already wow um but when i i was i'm so amazed at how well this like played out because if it was almost like we wrote the script the night before like okay i'm gonna do this and she's gonna do this and then i'm gonna do this and she's gonna do this and then handed it to a director and said okay we're gonna act this out right now on the mat and then the next day every single thing we practiced that night was hit in that in that match. Every single thing we talked about was done in that match. It was actually insane. It was almost like we spoke it into the universe for <laughs> that way. Well, you sort of knew you were going to fight her, right? You said you had yeah, this well, feeling yeah. you were going to draw her, right? Yeah. So. so, um, I mean, yeah. So, like, even like when I had her, um, I, I, when I did twenty nineteen ADCC trials, I had to beat Anna to fight her, and um. I was so disappointed. I, I lost my match to Anna. It, it was just a decision. And um, I, cause I wanted to fight Gabby next. Cause like I said, I just wanted to see how I would do against her. Like this has always been one of my things that I always wanted to fight her eventually just to see how I, how I could play against her. And you had her back, what, like three, four times in, in that? Yeah. Three times. So back takes are like, are, were always my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think just her being so slow with her size it's just like the perfect style for her, for her, basically. Hmm. Style just is the perfect style to beat her. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely what it seemed like. Like you said, it seemed like everything just lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, the moves that you were gonna hit. I mean, you know, the, the mentality going in there, like, no, like you're gonna you're gonna shock the world and and you're gonna do it. Like this, there's, there's no you know, if ends or buts about it. I mean, that's like and. and just to see that was just so you know really inspiring. I mean, and when you got her back those multiple times, it's, did it seem like, like because obviously when you you know at that high level, especially somebody that much bigger than you, you know to get their back, they're a little slower. You can expose the back and get there, but then you know trying to sink in the submission there. I mean, you could tire yourself out really quick. I've been in matches where you lock guillotine on, and you know you you really try to finish it, and then if you don't get it, you're just you're just really winded. Did you find yourself like you know trying to pace and make sure you didn't like get too tired um yeah so once i started squeezing and i knew i wasn't gonna finish it like i know her face was red and everything um at one point but um 
I, I like knew and I could feel her aren't her hands just barely holding on and I knew I wasn't going to finish it. So at one point I, I even just like stopped squeezing and was just like trying to catch my breath on her back because um, I thought my, well, my, I take pride in my conditioning for matches. Like I take pride in my cardio and everything. I like, I don't, do not usually get tired. And um, the, my, my coach was like, oh, Amanda, you're five minutes in. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm only five minutes into this match. I feel like I'm going to die. Like, moving <laughs> around her weight on my feet was just so different um, mm-hmm. like than anything I ever felt. Because even the match, my next match, I, I didn't feel tired or fatigued. Like, I think actually Rafael was getting tired and fatigued more mm-hmm. than I was. So um, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> my cardio was feeling already that crappy five minutes in. And I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe I have 10 more minutes of this. Um so when I got to her back, yeah, there was just one point that I was just, I had the choke locked up, but I wasn't squeezing. I was just trying to gather, right. gather some air into my lungs again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, it was interesting too, because she also wanted none of you standing up, you know, you yeah. know, which I, you know, she was definitely like sitting down doing, you know, like, okay, come into my guard. She didn't want to be on her feet with you. Yeah. So like, if you watch her other matches, she bullies a lot of people on her feet. Mm-hmm. Um, she like even like will like run them off the mat and I'm like right. I don't well you're not doing that to me <laughs> um, yeah. so I think I did a really good job of just getting her tired on her feet too like um, ev- eventually her head started even coming down so I was able to even like be a little more heavy on her head um, and then I could tell she was getting tired by her lip color so mm-hmm. her lips were turning like almost like a bluish purple and wow. I was like yeah I'm like okay I could see I see something here <laughs> Um, so that's why I, once she sat down, it wasn't really surprising for me to sit down. But also, um, she like put out an interview that she was trying to do more of a guard game lately. So um, my boyfriend saw that interview and was like, "She's going to sit guard on you." She's like, "We're gonna," he's like, "We're gonna make her sit guard on you." And then, like I said, we just wrote the script and she played it out with us. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What was, and then somebody reaction, I mean, first, what was the, like you said, you just, your Instagram was blowing up and you just saw like, how, how soon after the match were you like, holy shit, it's just my, my shit's blowing up. Um, immediately. Like once I, I, yeah. I didn't even look at my phone for the first like 10, 15 minutes because, uh, Flo had me do like an interview and everything like that. And, uh, then I like saw my phone and I'm like, scrolling my phone i'm like oh my gosh it's just the lock screen i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> um and then uh joe rogan follows me now which is so freaking cool oh wow. um, yeah yeah i was like oh, i'm so honored <laughs> um so that that was probably the most exciting thing was like the instagram blowing up and like having joe rogan follow me and stuff just like seeing like your hard work kind of pay off was mm-hmm. is worth it <laughs> Oh yeah, and then what was what was Gabby's? Uh, I didn't really get to see that either. What was her like post fight kind of like reaction? Did she say anything? Was she like, "Hey, great job," or didn't you hear nothing? Or you know, was it still um, kind of a weird kind of vibe, or was it all good? Or no, so I saw her like I know she like clapped for me when I got my hand raised because I saw when I rewatched like the video. Um, mm. But then um, she, we walked by her, and my boyfriend was like, "Oh, good match, Gabby," and she just kept on walking like no. Wow. And then I'm pretty sure she was on an electric scooter in Austin. And when she passed me, she called me a bitch in Portuguese. I'm pretty Holy sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because once I heard it, I literally turned to my coach and, and Christian. I was like, I'm pretty sure she just called me a bitch in Portuguese. And then we, I looked up um, the Damn. what I thought it was. And it, that's what it was. So I'm assuming. 
that's what <laughs> that's what happened. Wow, <laughs> it's not like you mistaked her for someone else, or you know what I mean, or she. That's a good very sign good. that uh, the the win was insanely legit. You know, you gotta yeah. look at it that way. Yeah, I guess um, I uh, won mentally and physically. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So what was, what was your what was your history now? Like, you, you, did you start pure jujitsu? Did you start MMA and then jujitsu too? Like, how'd that go about? Um. So when I first started, like the kids class, they would do like Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays jujitsu, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays were like a striking um class for them. But um, after I left there, it was just strictly jujitsu for a while, and then I always did striking like on and off, but I never was like. Sh- straight dedicated to it like i was with jujitsu so like 13 years i was non-stop jujitsu and then striking on and off like i would do like a couple months take a year off a couple months take a year and a half off stuff like that so right i, I was reading i was reading i forgot what site it was on but they were talking it was i think it was a quote from you and it was talking about you lost your first fight like your first competition in like 15 seconds but your dad was like hey, stay around, fight the next fight, and you won that. And sort of from that point, that's the point where you were sort of addicted to jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, yep. So um, I cried hysterically, and I literally lost in 15 seconds, cried hysterically. And my gi was like five times my size, too. I'm like, Dad, why did you let me look like that and compete (laughs) like that? Um, But yeah, I was like completely done with the day. And my dad was like, you just stay for one more. Just do one more. And then I won my next one. And then I was like, oh, oh, this is why. This is why people stick around for it. <laughs> yeah. Your, your dad's a good dad for making you stick with it. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, he got a lot of crap growing up from other people, but <laughs> it definitely paid off, I think, for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, uh, and do you think um, the MMA-oriented like oriented training that you've done, you know, fighting MMA and things like that, uh, shaped kind of and led you to be able to win the match like as opposed to just being a strict jiu-jitsu practitioner and then you know going in fighting gabby you think the mma training at all kind of has a play and maybe kind of adding to your existing jiu-jitsu skills in a way um maybe recently i mean i've been training a lot more mma and um i think just like the strength and conditioning that I've been doing extra is probably, I think what helped me a lot with just the physical aspect of the fight. Um, because when I tell you like my grips have never felt that shot before, like, you know, when you do like your first tournament and mm-hmm. you blow your grips off in the first match, cause you don't realize how hard, like that's it. That was my grips, like just completely done. Um, my whole body hurt the next day. I was like limping. I, I was about to drop out and um, my boyfriend wanted me to drop out. And I was like, I don't want to drop out. Like, and then all these people were dropping out. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not one to like drop out. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. Um, and I ended up like sticking around and doing a match. But when I tell you I was so beat up the next day, it was God awful. But, um, I actually probably owe that match to like all the boys I had to grow, had a fight growing up. <laughs> but like when I was in like <laughs> the jujitsu scene at, at like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, like, there was no girls like you go to tournaments. Now you see a ton of girls when I, when I was in it, maybe a handful of girls. And then they weren't even my weight because they were like a hundred pounds. And I was like 130 pounds at, at 14 years old, like just muscle. So, um, 
I just always had to go against boys. And I, I honestly think they made me a thousand times more tough just because like, I remember the one time I had like a boy, like dropping elbows on my forehead during the match. Um, like I just, like the next day I'm like, have this huge like bump on my forehead. Um, I had a boy pull my hair one time in a match. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, like the craziest thing. So it's just like the grittiness. I think I had growing up and competing in those divisions um, I probably owed to winning this match. Right. Do you, do you think they were extra brutal because you were a girl and you were good, you know, with you? I think so. You're saying like dropping elbows, pulling hair. I mean, come on, you know, it's. Damn, I, yeah. I think like, like those two examples, I think that was it. Like definitely, definitely because I was a girl, they were doing that stuff. Um, but I, I mean, a lot of the boys, um, I appreciate them giving me a tough match like that. Like, mm-hmm like that you know what i mean like i i don't want to i don't want to win easy like i won my first mma fight in like two minutes and as great as it was and as like accomplished as i felt i was like man you know there's something so much more um rewarding when you fight like tooth and nail for and win Hard fight yeah you I know agree. so um i'm trying to give like another example so like like the gabby match someone told me it was like you know what I'm really glad you didn't finish the rear naked chokes because the first rear naked choke, because then it you proved that it wasn't a fluke when mm-hmm. you got her back the other times. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm like, that is such a good way of putting it. Cause I was so mad that I didn't finish. That's her. a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at finish her. I'm like, man, if I just want to squeeze maybe a little bit like harder, like, could I have got it? Like, and I, you know, even though it was a win and it was so, so great, I was still like questioning it. And then someone said it to me and I'm like, you know what? You were a hundred percent right. And I legit have not even thought about the fact that I should have finished her ever since. <laughs> that's that's you know, probably and, why you heard that Portuguese expletive when you walked by her. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a great point because, you know, you, you took her back three times in the match, you know, so you were, you know, doing it at will to, to some degree, right? You were able to take her back, execute your plan and do it at will and she really couldn't stop it, which was crazy because you were going straight into the choke from taking her back. Yeah, so I was actually shocked how easy it was to sink in the chokes. Like, the fact that I was able to get there, to like, it was one thing to get to the back, but it's also another thing with, like, hand fighting and stuff. Like, some people will give you a hell of a fight just from just trying to get, like, the choke locked up. Um, and I had virtually no problem locking up a full running choke on her. It was just a matter of... I think just the strength of her muscular ass fingers getting in there and me not being able to finish the, the choke. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, again, I think she lacks a lot of like technique in some of the sense because mm-hmm. she just relied on her being so big for so long. Yeah, her strength and yeah. And conditioning. And, you know, it's interesting. You brought up that you're doing a lot of strength and conditioning now, right? We were speaking, uh, to Dante Leon the other day and he he talked about like doing a lot of strength and conditioning and being a professional athlete now right you need to incorporate that you can't just do jujitsu anymore yeah um I think it just adds a whole nother level to your game and then um I'm lucky that I have someone who like legit like is like has this stuff down to a science for fighters like um he has he did like Paul Felder Sean Brady um eddie alvarez um so he's worked with like a lot of guys his name's rich polar and he is literally the best like i couldn't ask for a better a better guy in my corner for a strength conditioning guy 
Yeah, that that's a huge point, especially with uh, like we said, we were talking with Dante and uh you know, just the fact that she did outweigh you by that much and was that much stronger you. What was more important was your individual strength related to your body type and size, you know, let alone that she was stronger than you. But if, if you within your own strength and conditioning program were strong for your own body, that and, you know, you're doing that type of conditioning and strength program, I think that's a huge missing link. I mean, people for years, you know, would I would hear, oh, you know, you don't want to lift weights, uh, you, you'll tighten uh, your joints, uh, you know, you want to be as flexible as you can in jujitsu, but really lifting and strength and conditioning strengthens the joints. So you can battle somebody a hundred plus you know, pounds over you and you can weather the storm, if you will. So I really feel like that's also something that people are really realizing uh, that's going to only benefit you. And actually that, that plays into the mental aspect too. Like you said, the strength and conditioning is going to make you mentally stronger because you're physically stronger for your body. You know, the whole goal isn't to you. Your goal wasn't to get to Gabby's strength size. It was to be relatively strong for your body. And I, like you said, that was the a huge part that pulled you through in that match. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So, like, um, I think that's what helps too is just knowing that there's nothing more I could have done conditionally, like strength conditioning wise, that would prepare me for the next match. That's how I like to go into like every single match is that I know that I could not have done anything more than what I've done, done so far. So, um, I think that's what helped me too with my, um, PFL debut was just like, I was in the, the back and warming up and in my head, I'm like, I have no doubt that I could not have done anything more to prepare for this moment. Absolutely nothing. So whatever happens out there is going to happen. And mm-hmm. I I can't blame it on the fact that I was not prepared because I can guarantee I could not have done anything more. Wow, yeah, I, there's definitely something to be said too, specifically with MMA. It's a lot a lot more wrestling uh, type of, of of training too, and and not just in the sense of you know the straight up conditioning of wrestling, which is amazing, but just the. Um, the technique, like the pure technique of wrestling is something that is different than just pure jiu-jitsu. And that's also probably a huge uh, link that led to your victory too. just being aware of certain positions, being aware of your body in certain positions. Because, you know, let's face it, if you were in that match and you just played bottom the whole time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you, you just played to try to play like a De La Hiba type of thing probably wouldn't have worked out the same way. You, you know, you, you kept her on her toes. You exposed the back. I mean, that's a attacking, you know, methodology right there. You know? Yep. Yeah. So um, I like to be aggressive. I try to always be aggressive during matches. I'm not one to just like sit guard. And I mean, not that you can't be aggressive from guard, but I was just never a guard puller to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being on top. I like getting the takedown because um, I think like if you take someone down, I think it's just like automatically right in their head already. Like, oh shit! Like they already took me down. I'm already losing. Um, so just like having that like one up is just like oh like it's such a mental game for me too like i just like to be like mentally already breaking them by by the time i take them down yeah no and, and you could tell you could tell she she mentally broke actually you could Definitely. you could you could see it like in that in that fight from the first time you got her back and got her neck you you broke her you know which was amazing and i think yeah. the crowd really um influenced that too dude it was so cool here in the crowd if i made like an inch towards winning they just were like oh going crazy so um the crowd was like probably one of my favorite parts of that that whole match well let's talk about the end for a second when you were like you're like and it's funny she didn't even know what was going on so it was like she didn't believe she lost and i'm like how could you not realize you lost like her face she's sort of like what what's going on you know it was was crazy (laughs) 
Um, yeah. yeah. So like when I got her back and I like locked up Ramona Kachuk and then I knew I wasn't going to finish it again. So I just, I looked up to the clock and I saw eight seconds left. So then I was like, oh, and I threw my hands up. I'm like, all right, this is it. And then my boyfriend was like, thank God the crowd was so loud. He was like, because I sounded like a maniac, like, finish her, get back to finishing her. And I was I, like, eight seconds left. I'm like, I'm just throwing my hands up. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It definitely, you know, it definitely got the crowd, like everyone watching it, like super excited when you did that. Like, it was like, yes, yes. I was, you know, I was cheering, you know, at that point too. I was like, yes. I was like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we were so, talking before the uh, yeah. before we went live about just like kind of kind of the state of uh, you know women's jujitsu specifically, and I mean not only was that just a huge inspiration for you know women athletes all over the place, but where like you came up when like you said there was wasn't any women in the class, barely any women competing. Uh, compare that to, to you know to today. Can you talk a little bit about that and what your thoughts are? Oh yeah, so it's like exploding right now. Um, I think some of the girl matches are even more exciting to watch than the guy matches now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's really cool to see how far women's jujitsu uh, come from. Like when I was a kid, um, especially because like there was like I don't even remember anyone that I could say that like oh I looked up to them for jujitsu, um, uh, yeah. like in for like women's jujitsu uh, in general. So I remember like. Uh, Kira Gracie, maybe like <laughs> that was probably to the extent like you heard of like Mackenzie Dern, um, but the, again it was just like not on the scene like it is now. And I think um, social media probably has a huge part of playing of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, like Flo does such a great job of promoting like the women um, on their cards, um, and then just like again social media just blows it up. So it just makes it um, way more inclusive, I guess, and draws way more people in. Yeah, I mean, you seeing that, we just had a, an, an event at my academy, just an all-women's open mat, and it was open to all academies, and we had, you know, 25, 25 women on a Monday morning, and it was just an amazing vibe. I feel like that's something that needs to be done more of, in, in general, in jiu-jitsu, not even women's jiu-jitsu. I mean, how many, you know, long, how long ago, I mean, been training 20 years now, back then it was just really just a, uh, not a thing, you know, uh, cross training was frowned upon. You were considered a traitor. I mean, to grow the sport now, I mean, it was, it was evident at my academy that there was like 10, 11 academies, different women from all over the place. And they were just happy to be there. Just the event uh, itself was something that they were just elated about. And I think that the writing is on the wall with that. Like I've never seen an event like that. I've only seen academies individually try to do things with like an all women's class or something, but it's not how you're going to grow the sport and, uh, you know, on the longer term, you got to think more bigger picture. I think, so not even just talking about women's jujitsu, it's just in, in general to grow jujitsu and grappling. I mean, I think people got to kind of, you know, think a little bit bigger. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, so I've always been big on cross-training, um, just because I think uh, for competitors, it's just, like, so hard to get everything that you want from one school. Like, not saying that you can't get everything from one school, and I know there's tons of school out, schools out there that are, but, like, when you're in certain areas in the country where there's maybe not a big school, like a super school like that around you, um, I think it's just, um, it's good to cross-train, um, to get different looks, to learn new things. Um, I mean, I've been to like so many different schools growing up through the 13 years of jujitsu. Um, and I know like a lot of people are like dead set that, you know, they, they want their like lineage from the same person, Mm -hmm. um, like all their belts from the same person. And like, I get, I get that. Um, 
But I think for me, one of the most beneficial things was to get different looks from different schools, from different instructors. Um, like I can name literally something that I've learned or took away from each school that another school probably couldn't have given me. So. Yeah, I mean, even when it was starting to be like, oh, yeah, cross training, you know, it, it was always, yeah, let's go there and show them, you know, what we can do kind of thing. And then it was also, uh, you know, the mentality was, oh, you don't want to cross train and, you know, show anybody uh, what your technique is because then you might meet them in a tournament. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to have problems if you feel like you're going to go to another academy and they're going to like look at your moves like you have some kind of secret move. Like, you know, right. jujitsu is not good enough, man. If, if you think that, you know what I mean? Oh, don't show them you like De La Hiba. Like, well, you know, I don't know. I think that's a smaller minded kind of thing. And I think uh, it's starting to get that way. But particularly here on Long Island, I'm trying to really break that clickiness, if you will. You know? Yeah, I got you. I don't really think there's any secrets in jiu-jitsu anymore. You can watch anyone's tapes nowadays. You can mm-hmm. literally. Oh man, that's my number one quote. That's my number one quote. Yeah, you just stole it from me, right, Brian? I always say yeah, that. Exactly, right. <laughs> well, and and think about how many tutorials are out there on the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's crazy. No one, you know, you know, and. And we've talked about this so many times, like, you know, wrestling started with the uh, ancient Greeks, right? There's only so many ways the body moves. You know? There's yeah. only so many ways the human body yeah. can go. Yeah, there's no so. secrets in jiu-jitsu. Everything's on YouTube, you know what I mean? And everything's evolving. So now you have to be on top of what the, the evolution is. So the secret is in, in, in these individual academies isn't what you're showing. You want to always be showing the, you know, the evolution and the next things that are changing. That's one thing. But it's how you build the culture culture of the gym and it's how you you know convey what uh to your students you know how they should be thinking their training should be so i i think that's that's one of the things we talk about a lot you know it seems like we talk about it every show but it's that important you know so i think that and the fact that women's jiu-jitsu is exploding and you are right in the middle of it because you're like a huge inspiration to everybody now yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool how many messages I actually got about just like that match and from girls who said, I'm the smallest in my gym and your match just fired the hell out of me and, and, <laughs> and things along those lines. I'm like, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. <laughs> so, so here's a question for you, Amanda, right? So what do you tell all those kids that are trained jiu-jitsu now, right? You went through this as a kid growing up. What, what, what would you tell them? Like what one piece of advice would you give uh, kids probably, coming up? I would explain consistency to them. Because there were so many times, you know, there's so many times that I didn't want to go or there was even a time like uh, when I was like 17, 18, where I kind of fell off of it just for like a little bit. Like I would go, you know, maybe once a week instead of like as like seven days a week, like when I was when I was a kid. Um, but like consistency, just staying with it, even if it is once a week, just staying relevant in, in your gym and just training constantly is is what makes you like uh, I read this book. It's called Out- The Outliers. Mm-hmm. Great book. Um, yeah and the ten thousand hours um chapter and that basically you know you become good at anything if you put ten thousand hours in um so i would probably tell them about just consistency staying consistent with the sport um i know that's what's helped me even consistency in tournaments like going out and competing like people don't realize how much of a skill just competing is um yeah so you know it's so easy to just be good in the gym but when you put yourself out on the line in competition, it's just a whole nother world. Well, and I think, you know, back to both the, the points you made, like cross training, it helps with competing. You know, you're training with different people. You don't know exactly what they're going to do. When you train with the same people at your academy all the time, you know exactly what they're going to do. You know, yeah. 
people's games are pretty consistent usually. Yep, and then they know you're all your moves, you're gonna know yep. all their moves. So I mean, again, just getting out there and putting yourself out there. That's what that's another reason why I love doing tournaments so much, is just because you're always getting new looks from different people. Um and you know, again, that's why car cross training is so important in my view too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we get so many people out at, at my place because everybody knows of our places like this open inviting to everybody. And we bring in people that specialize in different t- kind of techniques. So all my students are, it's normal for them to, oh, he's a blue belt I've never seen before. You know what I mean? Like uh, the big difference to when I was coming up and you're training with the same guys for 10 years. How do you, how do you judge growth? You know what I mean? When everybody knows each other's moves and everybody is like growing at the same pace and okay, you're getting better. Now you're getting better because this guy's getting better. And, you know, some people even say that, that, you know, tournaments sometimes it's very hard to judge progress too, because, you know, there's the adrenaline dump and are they used to that? Or maybe they were sick that day. So I think the, the, you know, the true kind of overall view on somebody's progress in jujitsu is like uh, when you randomly get different people you're cross training with, how do you react to that? How is your game changing? So you have like, uh, you know, a normal default go-to kind of five or six moves from top and bottom, no matter who it is. And then now you're able to do that in a tournament style, you know, in a tournament way. I think that's a huge part of it. For sure. So uh, you'll see my post-fight interview with the, the Gabby match. I literally said um, the sweep I hit on her, the tripod sweep, mm-hmm. I said Every every one of the guys in the gym knows I do that, so they always defend it. So when I did it to Gabby, it was so easy for me because she didn't even know it was coming. So that's just like the prime example of how how just constantly training in the gym with the same people, they pick up on your moves. And then when, yeah. when I did it in a tournament, literally it was the, one of the most easy sweeps I've ever done, ever. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that. You, that proves it right there. I mean, and what about you coming up? Did you mainly, I mean, obviously coming up back then, there was no really different rule sets to compete in. There really was only IBJJF back then. But now, you know, going to WNO and all of that, uh, and obviously I'm sure a lot of competing in IBJJF, what's your what's your opinion of the current rule sets? What do you prefer? Where do you think it's going? Um, so I really like sub-onlys. Uh, um, and I like rule sets that... Um, award legit submissions and like legit positioning over let's give like the decision but it's so hard nowadays because i feel like refs some of them are just so terrible like with with like giving decisions and there's so many iffy decisions in jiu-jitsu that it actually amazes me um and then i think the problem ibjjf is is that you get like different rule sets depending on the ref you get like yeah they have like a basic outline but just say you're playing guard, right? And they're trying to pass the whole time. One ref will give it to the person playing guard, even though maybe they didn't get the submission. And another ref would look at that same match and give it to the person passing because maybe they're they're putting more effort in they they think. So right. like I just think there's so much in, so, so many inconsistencies with the rule sets. Even with the rule sets that like think they have it down like fight to win. Um, you know, there's iffy decisions there. Um IBJJF. Um, the list goes on. So I just really think that we we need to like sit down with each tournament and really tell them like, listen, these are the guidelines. Give me the guidelines. Show me what what you're scoring on, and go from there. Because some some of these these rule sets are just the decisions are un, unreal. Right. 
You know, and you brought up a good point too. I mean, it's interesting. Not that the people that aren't creating some of these rule sets, obviously they're in the sport, but are they really listening to the athletes and what the athletes see as some of the issues with the rule sets? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like, again, I just like submission only because I don't like to have to worry about points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the main reason why I prefer them. I remember like the first um, submission only I did was, I think I was like 14 or 15 years old. And that one was, was like a no time limit submission only. So you literally were going until someone got a submission. Um, there was no like decision or anything. So I had like a 40 something minute match with like this girl, like there was like blood all over our geese and stuff, but it was so, I think that's why I liked it so much. Cause again, once you win something like that, it's just like, you feel like such a savage and you're like, Oh yes, I did yeah. that on that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, because you feel like you earned it, right? It took you 45 minutes to get there. You earned that victory. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. But um, again, it's just like, I, it's hard to do that kind of rule set if you want a spectator yeah. watching it. Um, and, and I think mean, it's like another problem, too. Uh, I, like, I'm not a spectator of the sport as much as I love jujitsu and love doing it. Like, I don't really love to watch it. Um, I, think, I have to agree with that. I think it's so boring. I love watching wrestling, and I didn't even really getting to get into watching wrestling until my I started dating my boyfriend a couple of years ago and he um he wrestled since he was four and he was like wrestling is so much more entertaining he's like you have to come to my nephew's like high school states match like you have to you have to or regionals match you have to come watch it and I was like okay and then when I saw it in person I'm like oh my god this is mm-hmm. freaking fun because everyone gets pumped it's short like little three minute bursts so everyone has to move. There's no stalling. There's none of that yeah. bull crap. It's just go, go, go. And it's such a different um, environment of like with like the people, the, the crowd gets into it so much more. I um, literally sent my student just yesterday a, a clip of Yanni Giacomahalas, one of the favorite wrestlers I like to watch. I mean, I watch wrestling more now than I'm watching jujitsu. It's, it's insane because I think we have to learn from that, like the rule sets. But I feel like you know, wrestling, it, it's, it's gotten to that, like, it, it's for me, at least, you know, watching it, the pace of it, the constant dynamic movement of it, it's so much more exciting, you know, uh, than jujitsu, even the, the fact that it doesn't have, you know, submissions. I think we have to learn from that. I mean, I'm watching guys like Yanni Diakamahalas. I mean, all of the big names, uh, the way they're scrambling, I'm actually tying that into my own jujitsu game now. But I, I think we can take a lesson from the rule set of wrestling that over how many hundreds of years i mean you gotta go back to then right like that's been evolving in the rules to always keep it like action-packed and what are they doing it's it's you know in freestyle it's one point if you go out of the ring you know what i mean so then people don't even want to get near to the end of the ring and there wouldn't be any you know like laying towards the end or going out of bounds and resetting and all this other stuff like in jujitsu or like you know escapes if you some guy the guy on bottom gets up and stands up without the guy on top holding them down that maybe that should be a point of make people get you know you got to hold the person down more there's so many things we can learn from wrestling Right. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not I guess one to make a new rule set, but I think we need to look, relook at some of the, the rule sets that we have now. Well, and even some of the, I mean, let's be honest, even some of the techniques in wrestling that a lot of people have not incorporated into jujitsu. I mean, we see so much more, you know, over the last few years. But even just simple, simple like takedowns, like sit out, turn ins, you know, switches, like really you know, stuff. switches. Yeah. Even even funk rolls. I'm doing. I'm tying them into my bottom game, and it's so cool. I mean, that's, but that's like the mindset of always growing and always evolving. 
You know, I feel like with IBJJF, you know, did they do a good thing in the beginning? Yeah, they made something organized. They created a point system for people to follow. But then I think what exposed the IBJJF just recently in kind of deterring the sport a little bit is they made heel hooks legal. And I think it was purely a money play because they were losing business. So they made heel hooks legal. And then we were just at the Nogi Worlds in Texas. And what did we see? We didn't see any... 50 50 sit, double sitting 50 50 seesawing back and forth because if you open your legs in the brown and black belt adult division you're getting your heel ripped so we saw a lot more activity then and i think it exposed like the ibjjf because you know they didn't really evolve the rules they just wanted to keep the the money machine running you know yeah for sure yeah i i um am considering competing again for ibjjf just because now that I'm going towards more MMA, um, I still want to be like active with my jiu-jitsu and I want to mm-hmm. keep jiu-jitsu, like jiu-jitsu, not MMA jiu-jitsu. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm going to start competing in more of like the world and, and look awesome. for things to do just to kind of stay um, active with jiu-jitsu. Oh, man, especially after that Gabby win, I'll, you would be, the flow grappling would be following you whatever tournament you're going into. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I'll be watching all your matches. <laughs> yeah so i mean that's and how are you like how do you separate that like so what do you have coming up next if you have an mma fight or if you have a grappling fight i mean like you just said mma you you know jiu-jitsu and mma is totally different than just pure grappling yeah so um uh for mma when i have like fights and when i'm in fight camp for that i'm i'm strictly focusing on um just pure uh mma jiu-jitsu and then my rest days will usually be just regular jiu-jitsu where I'm not like clunge, where I'm not getting clunged, then I'm able to just like flow and stuff like that. So um, it actually makes me appreciate regular jujitsu way more <laughs> when I get these mm-hmm. things, being able to do straight jujitsu. I'm like, man, this feels really good. <laughs> um, but if I, once I start doing like more um, jujitsu tournaments, I think um, it just depends. I'll, ha- I'll have to like prepare for like when I'm fighting MMA and then when I want to do a tournament just to separate them. So I'm not, I'm not all over the place. That's awesome. And what's, uh, let's go over some of your, so all of your social media, is it just, so I know you're on Instagram, Amanda Levy MMA, is it right? And Levy underscore MMA. Underscore MMA. Nice. Uh, and what are some of your sponsors? Give your sponsors a shout out here. Uh, skilled violence. They sponsored me for who's number one. Um, so they got it. They definitely got their their money's worth with that one. <laughs> so their rash guards are freaking awesome. So thank you to them. Um, and then MMA Coin, um, they sponsored me for who's number one too. So I'm extremely grateful for them. And then if anyone else wants to sponsor me, hit me up on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm sure you're going to get some uh, some sponsorship uh, opportunities for <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, so specifically next, I mean, you just did the WNO, but is there literally something coming up or you're not sure yet? Uh, not sure yet. So I'm hoping that I'm going to be in the PFL tournament. Cause, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but so like the PFL has like a season of mm-hmm. their fights and then you accumulate points with how you win throughout the whole seat, like the whole year. And then at the end of the year, they, um, do playoffs and then you can win a million dollars. So that's my goal. And it's just really nice because I don't have to cut weight. Um, I usually fight at 145. Um, well, I would prefer to fight at 145 just because it's an easy weight cut for me. Um, but it's really, really nice. I'm not having to cut weight and just walking around and just walking on the scale at, to 155 because um, they only have a 155 division. So, um, 
when I was like the night before my weigh-ins, this never happened to me ever in my entire life. The night before weigh-ins, um, I was able to drink like three bottles of water. Eat- <laughs> Damn. And I actually went downstairs to weigh in um, just to check my weight on the scale. But I had like my meal in like a bag. And then I had like two water bottles in my other hand. And I stepped on the scale to make sure that if I ate and drank all of that, that I would still weight. (laughs) And I was. So I was watching all these girls be miserable cutting weight. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs and eat my steak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That right there, you got right in their heads right at that point. (laughs) It just, um, I feel like I focus so much of my time worrying about my weight and focusing on weight cutting and then just being able to have a camp where you're just worrying about technique and learning is just so different. It's mm-hmm. like the biggest game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can wow. keep your body like, you know, where, where it wants to sit more in your natural weight is always better, you know? So sure. I never um, going into my last fight than any other fight or tournament ever. Wow, yeah. So I mean, uh, but we'll definitely give you a, a little a little shout out here because uh, guys, anybody listening, academy owners, you know, Amanda Levy is is uh, uh, definitely open for seminar opportunities at any academy. And uh, speaking of that, we're gonna have Amanda Levy out at uh, my academy at Hamptons Jiu Jitsu Saturday, November thirteenth, one p.m. So anybody uh, East Coast, Tri-State, Long Island, uh, make sure you hit me up, reserve your spot. And uh, she's available for, for seminars, wherever. Definitely want to see how she exposed the uh, the back, and uh, you know, did some of those uh, amazing things that we saw on Flow Grappling there. Yeah, you need to make it like a back taste series, Amanda. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> BJJ fanatics, get on that. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, Amanda, really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you stick with us uh, after the show. We got a couple of things for you. And uh, guys, make sure you follow. Uh, Amanda Levy on uh, Instagram, all social media. Keep an eye out for her on uh, Flow Grappling, any of her future uh, events, MMA, uh, grappling. We definitely look forward to it. Uh, make sure you guys uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Make sure you check out jujitsumotivation.com. And, uh, yeah, so good luck to you. We're going to be following uh, all your matches. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.